We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Gentlemen, welcome back to the stadium swim. It is Field of 68 After Dark before dark. As you can see, it is bright and sunny. Jim's over here. We got Jim Root with us today. We got Jeff coming with us today. My name is Rob Doster. Terrence Oglesby's on the IR. What happened to him? He, uh, he had some 3 a.m. takeout. Never a great idea at 3 a.m. His tum-tum hurts. His yeah. tum-tum hurts. He's, uh, he's having a little bit of a rough Nobody's day. softer than Terrence Oglesby. <laughs> Lucky for Nobody's you guys. softer. Lucky for you guys. I was frolicking in the pool, and they just pulled me out and said, you're on air today. That's right. So. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Somebody better looking than you, but <laughs> listen, this is the uh, the Field of 68 pregame show. We got Sweet 16 games to discuss. Four of them. Before we do, last night, all three of us were in the building. We were presented by our partners at Bed River Sportsbook. We're presented by Underdog Fantasy. Jim, did you know you can get a 100% deposit bonus or deposit match up to $100 if you use the code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D, at Underdog Fantasy? Say, now, that sounds that. free. Yeah, that's free. Free money. Oh. We were in the building last night for one of the best NCAA tournament games I think I've ever seen. One of the best NCAA tournament performances in recent memory. Drew Timmy, 36 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. The Zags win 79-76. to I've heard Goodman talk all about it, Jim. Just give me, like, your overarching thoughts. How good was Drew Timmy last night? How good was Gonzaga? And has it changed your opinion of them moving forward? Well, what changed my opinion of them, I'll start there, was that they went to a defensive lineup in the second half. They sized up. They went Malachi Smith and Hunter Salas after getting roasted offensively in the first half. UCLA was just ISO or, or pick and roll, getting free buckets every time. They sized up in the backcourt. I don't want to put anything down on Bolton or Hickman, but they just don't have the, the strength that those other guys do. And that really helped the defense figured it out 10 minutes without a field goal. If Gonzaga has that kind of defense, they can win the title. That's the one thing I didn't think they had. And they showed they had that gear last night. But, but here's the only thing I'll say to that is like, all right, you got UCLA at the right time here. I mean, they were thin to begin with. And then you take away Jalen Clark and Adembona. And then UCLA, I think Mick Cronin made a big mistake here. He tried to run with them. When you're shorthanded, you start to, in the first half, you run. And then at the end of the game, what was Tiger Campbell doing? Huffing and puffing. And honestly, they wore down. I, I think, honestly, if, if Mick had to do it all over again, you wonder if he wouldn't have played Mick basketball, yeah. which is grind it out, slow it down, so that your guys have their legs at the end of the game. Yeah, I think full strength. UCLA can beat them in transition. We saw it in the first half when they were fresh. Right. They were a really good transition but then offense. But then they were fried. But then they just yeah. kind of lost it and were trying to slow it down. But, it, yeah, they just couldn't really get it figured out in the second half. So the, the first game last night, UConn rolled all over Arkansas. Did you the enjoy that, Rob? You like that game? The state of Arkansas called the Hogs home. That's what happened. <laughs> they got to go home. Clint Sterner, 
He was crying. Rest, I was rest in peace. Rest in peace, rest Clint in peace, Turner. Clint Turner. Turner. <laughs> we hardly knew I don't, him. You know what? Seriously, I'm not kidding. I, we sat right in front of the Arkansas section. How many times did you hear a Woodpig Suey chant when the game started? After the game started? Yes. Zero. 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 Not a once did I hear this whatever. Is, this is how bad it was last night. By the end of the game, like or not even the end of the game, by midway through the second half, Nobody in the arena was watching UConn-Arkansas. Everybody was watching Michigan State-Kansas State yeah, on the big screen. That's, yeah. that's all anybody oh, was yeah. watching. But Any, Anytime they cut away from the live look-in, I got mad. I was like, well, I have to watch the blowout in front of me instead of the yeah. game on the, on the Jumbotron? Talk to me about UConn. Talk to me about how you feel about them. He's sick of hearing me talk about it. Oh, I made God. them do it last night. Give me your thoughts. Well, here, I, will re- I, will, I will remain silent. Go I'm going to start Promise with the one. For how long? 55 more minutes? Yeah. If you host the show, go ahead. I, I got better teases. We know that. I'll start with the one negative thing, and this is arbitrary, whether you decide it's real or not. Shot quality scored that game in Arkansas win, which I agree. Stop. I watched the game. I thought that was crazy. I'm with you. So maybe there's something underlying that it wasn't that strong, but like from the jump, it was layups, dunks, and threes, open threes for maybe, UConn. Maybe shot quality isn't the best metrics to use right I now. I think it's helpful well, as a tool. Using that as an absolute on last night is, is not helpful. Like that, that was that was crazy to me. Like, like I said, every time they missed, they got an offensive board in the first half. It was ridiculous. So when you have that kind of physicality, and I don't understand how Adama Sonogo does it, fasting all day and dominating. He is so strong, too. Incredible, incredible. Like, but you have that kind of interior strength. Hawkins is on fire right now. Newton is on fire right now. When their guards are making shots and stretching you out and you can't just double and, and hope they miss, how do you beat them? That's they, they're, they're looking like November UConn yeah. that was just thoroughly dominant. Because well, they got a lean and Calcaterra going, too. Like, that's the thing. Who's not playing well for them right now? I don't know if you can find anybody. Here's here's the most important thing, and I, I said this. I did a Top Dogs today, so if you're a UConn fan, go check that out, Top Dogs Podcast. The, the key for them, what makes everything else work, is Andre Jackson. When Andre Jackson is a threat on the offensive end of the floor and when he's confident, yeah. then that changes everything that they do because he, he does so much for them defensively in terms of flying around, in terms of – point of attack in terms of being the weak side defender in terms of being the tagger when Adama Sonogo hedges hard on the ball screen when he's confident I don't know how you beat that yeah oh he hit a three he hit a three early and I was like all right I guess if he's making threes then we can maybe close the book on this and early on in the season or early on in the big east season what teams started doing was stop guarding him right they did the Rondo defense they did the Russell Westbrook defense Pulled the guy guarding him and just put him in front of the paint. Cut off the drives, cut off Adama Sonogo post-ups, made it that much easier to, to, to sell out on Hawkins. And it got in his head and it messed with him yeah. and like he didn't really know how to do it. So what Hurley has done is gotten him to figure out where he can be the biggest offensive threat, short corners, dribble handoffs as the screener, corner threes. Got him to do those things and now you have to engage him defensively, yep. and they're back to having confident Andre Jackson. I call him Andre effing Jackson. When he plays like that. Well, he's not hesitating shooting. No. That's the biggest thing. He's got enough. In, in, in Albany, it was impressive because obviously that's his hometown. And, again, not hesitant. That's the biggest thing. Like, Rondo, he would shoot him. I would watch him in practice all the time. He'd shoot threes and make them. But in the game, he couldn't do it. Jackson's doing it now and making enough. They're going to go under it again. Like, to me, every team should make him make that you shot. Have to. You have right. to. Yeah. And if he's not, well, you got to have enough other dudes who are, which they have. Like, yeah. Hurley did a great job and his staff in the portal this yeah. year. Yeah. Getting oh, yeah. the right guys, right? The right guys for what they brought back. Yeah. That was the key. He knew what he had back, and he built the team around those three guys. Mark Few said that in the presser last night. He's like, they have built their roster so well. Right. Like, the way they complement each other. And Arkansas did not. Guards. And yeah. Arkansas did not, because yeah. they had no shooting. Yeah, none. Not at all. Talent. High-end talent. Right. No shooting. Yeah. Yep. The, the thing about Jackson that I love is he's figured out how to be off-ball. He's a great cutter, and he gets in there for offensive boards. It's not just Sonogo and Klingon that are in there. He flies yes. in, and he'll, he'll steal yeah. one from a big guy. Yeah. And it can just, you can just feel, like, the wind go out of the other team's sails. They're like, that guy came from out of nowhere, and now UConn has another chance at a bucket. Yep. By the way, Rob, uh, Jordan Hawkins 
said to me, he will he will actually show some real emotion if they win the whole thing. He, he like, did some real emotion. He, when he did the yeah, that was like to as, the crowd. As much as like, you'll see. That's like that's. But, but it I'm for talking him. about like wild, outgoing, crazy emotion. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. If they I'll, win I'll, it all, I'll believe it when it'll I see probably it. be crying. Right, let, me, let me ask you guys this right now, okay? If you had to re-rank the NCAA tournament right now, all the teams left. Give me your top three. I think we all will agree what the top three is. Rank your top three in order. Jim, you go first. I would go Alabama one. I would go UConn two. And I would go Houston three. And I've been beating the drum for Houston all season. Picked him preseason. Picked him before the tournament. As a ticket holder on Houston Futures, I am terrified of UConn. Because UConn can kind of do everything Houston does, but better. They, they have that gear. But, 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 what they don't have is point guard play. Like, they don't have the same level of point guard play. Shed, Shed showed, and I know he hasn't been great all year this year, but you know what? He showed he could take a team to the Elite Eight without Sasser and Mark a year ago. Yes. That's pretty damn impressive. So, I still trust you, uh, Houston. I would probably put them at one for me. Alabama two, UConn three. I, I think all three of them, you throw them in a hat and you pick out the names, and whoever it is, don't, like those are... You know what I mean? Like, well, that's it, not an answer. Give us an answer. I, uh, I, I just, my biggest thing is, I think UConn is the most matchup-proof team left. But you know what, UConn? Again, I go back to it, and, and I love UConn, but I keep going back to it. Ultimately, it's give me the last national title team to win, cut down the nets without a high-level point guard. Give it to me. Give it to me. Go ahead. I mean, how how high level do you consider Dewan Harris? Um, a lot better than, than okay. a non-point guard, which UConn doesn't have one, really. Yeah, then the last one was like, I, I don't even know. Like, it's probably Harris back you have to obviously go. isn't yes. very good offensively, but he's elite defensively. Elite, and we don't put enough emphasis on the defensive end when we talk about, like, great players, right? Like, he's elite defensively as good as some of those guys have been on the offensive end that we've considered elite-level point yeah, guards. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and there's there's something to be said to that. And the, the only other thing that I'll say is that I think that in a year where we've seen, if you can play in the mud, right, then that's what you need to be able to do in this year. Start, like, let's just call it what it is. Refs aren't calling it shit this year, right? You can play physical. Yes. You can beat teams up. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to be tough in this year's tournament. And I think UConn can play tough with Houston. I think both of those teams are much more physical than Alabama. And to me, the national title game would be Houston-UConn if they play in the national Maybe. semifinal. Yeah. I, I think, think Bama's got a shot. Bama's got a shot there. Of course but. they do, because like, they could hit 800 threes, right? They could hit 800 threes, but I just think the toughness and the physicality. Listen, before before we start talking about tonight's games, I do have to ask you guys about Marquise Noel. He said last night that Marquise Noel, 20 points, 19 assists, 5 steals, doing it on a bum ankle. Top 5 NCAA perf uh, tournament performance of all time. Agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree because it wasn't the state. Like, we need a little bit further into the tournament. Yeah, that's but, fair. I, and that was my hesitation. Yeah. But, I mean, just but, from but a pure Injured against Tom Izzo. Madison Square Garden. Everything. Like, it yeah. had everything. I mean, yeah. think about it. It had every, every intangible you want. Yeah. I almost went insane watching him launch a couple 30-footers late. But he figured it out when he really had to. And, I mean, like... Why didn't Michigan State make him finish more? Like, every time they sent help, he found the cutter, and he's got vision and eyes in the back of his head. Why, why didn't they make him finish more? Like, can you imagine trying to guard a five foot seven jitterbug well, like that? Like, he swatted him one time. You got to so make him fast, go over the top. Dude. Like, it's just like, come on. I know, I get what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. and that's what you have to do, but, like, that's also much easier said than done. True, true. Yeah. And, and you're, all your instincts are like, I need to help on this guy who has yes. got a step. So I get it. I yes. get it. So I talked to Daryl Walker this morning for a while. Oh. Coached him for three years yeah. at Little Rock. Yeah. So it's really interesting because Daryl obviously played in the NBA a long time as a point guard, and he said they butted heads big time. Said he tried to make him into a point guard, and he was not. He was a chucker. He didn't use that word, but I could tell that's what he was trying to say. Right? He loved to score, and he held him accountable. In fact, at one point he was suspended his junior year. We know he sat in the stands at Texas State before the game because he suspended him. He actually kicked him out at halftime. 
kicked him out and said, don't come back in the locker room. <laughs> I think I bet on that game, so I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> of course but, you did. But he said, like, listen, I'm really happy for him because he's kind of grown, right? Look at, I mean, he said, I never thought he would get 19 assists in a game because he was after his own, and now he's really grown. And I think, again, a guy like Daryl Walker is helping, and now Jerome Tang. But it's incredible to me how you look at where a kid starts his career. Little Rock being a chucker, and now five years later. So, like, how he can progress and grow as a player to to be the most well-rounded. I mean, listen, I voted him Bob Cousy Award winner. How do you not right now? If you're voting today, like, to me, those games uh, should matter. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Right now, having voted Tyler Kolick a first-team All-American. Feeling pretty crappy. I feel stupid. Right. <laughs> I feel yeah. I yeah. feel. And stupid. you should. Yeah. I, no, well, but he was great for Not the, the first time I felt stupid in my life. Goodness. You needed right. to come out that he had a sprained wrist or something. Yeah, right? that's what you're going to feel better It was about. his thumb, right? It was yeah. Tyler Kolick's thumb. thumb. That's right. Really bothered him. All right. Putting you guys on the spot. You got 10 seconds each. Final four out of those two regions. Uh, from last night, I'm going to go with UConn and FAU. Ooh, interesting. Yep. Final four out of those three regions. Yeah, I'll go UConn and I think Kansas State. I just don't think FAU, having watched them, I don't think they have an answer more for Keontae Johnson than, than Noel. He is picking against Mr. New York City in the garden. Might Come on, that is one of the dumbest things. Might you could be a bad do. move, Jimmy. Listen, listen we got to go to break here. But when we come back, Jim, our gambling expert, is going to tell you why you want to be on a lot of the underdogs tonight. That's coming up next, Field of 68. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can get a little extra sweat during March Madness and win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. In pick'em, all you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on underdog's projected totals whether that's points rebounds whatever for example if you're like me and you think zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament pick higher on his points projection add up to four more picks and if you hit them all you can win 20 times your money on a single game underdog slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like jeff goodman have even figured it out so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code Field, F-I-E-L-D, and Underdog will match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, underdogfantasy.com, promo code FIELD. Welcome back. Field of 68 after dark, before dark, pregame show. Uh, we got to talk about tonight's Sweet 16 games. Rob Dawson here. I got Jim Root subbing in for Terrence Oglesby. Jeff Goodman here. And look, I got to be honest. I think T.O. realized that if he sat in the sun today, that ball dome was going to get a little bit too sunburned, so I think he had to tap out. I think that's really what it was. Let's talk about tonight's games. We have two one seeds in action against five seeds. Both of them are seven to seven and a half point favorites. Jim, I'm going to you first on this one. San Diego State. I've been off of the Mountain West all year long. I am kind of buying them in this spot with Ooh. seven points. I think it's a little similar to to what we, we saw with UCLA and Gonzaga, where if they can control the tempo, if they can get more physical and kind of beat Alabama up a little bit, then they can stay in this game and be competitive. Where do you stand? I like Alabama. I think they're comfortable with that physical game. This team has a top five defense for Ken Bond. They're huge at almost every position. And since they put Quinterly into the starting lineup five games ago, they've won every game by 19 or more, all five against NCAA tournament teams. Now, San Diego State's the best one of that group. And that includes Corpus Christi, which maybe, we, you know, I'm, I'm skewing the numbers a little bit. But I, I think they're kind of comfortable playing in the mud. You talked about it. This, their defense is good enough to do it. And the half-court execution, well, it's a little more iso ball than I would like. But they've got the talent. And San Diego State's half-court execution leaves a lot to be desired for me. <laughs> That's fair. This isn't mud. This is like quicksand, though. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if they played in this before. They can get frustrated. They can really get frustrated against the San Diego State team if they really muck it up like they want it, right? I mean, I think ultimately they win this one, but it could be interesting. I mean, again, I think they're gonna try to, I mean, to me again, if you slow it down and you're Dutch, you, you have no choice. You have to play that way. You don't have a lot on the offensive end. You have more than you did a year ago. Still, they're not great at scoring the ball. I, I think ultimately Alabama pulls away late, maybe 
San Diego State keeps it within, you know, six, ten points for the first 30 minutes, and then the talent's there. It's too much for Alabama. They'll eventually get going. And if they can get a, a good enough lead late, then San Diego State's got to play a, a way they're not comfortable. Yeah, my, my biggest thing with this matchup is that I keep going back to the Tennessee-Duke game. And what we saw in the Tennessee-Duke game was a bunch of old fifth-year guys completely manhandling a bunch of freshmen in a game where the officials let them play that way. And what we've seen all tournament is officials letting them play that way. That's that's just – I keep coming back to that and then combine it with the fact that I think San Diego State's going to be able to control the town. It's easier to slow a game down than it is to speed a game it up. Is. That's yeah. where I keep coming back. Can I, can I rebuttal the young point, though? Because Alabama has really changed the rotation lately. It's a lot more Quinterly, a lot more Gurley, a lot less Bradley, a lot less Ryland Griffin. They're kind of playing older at this stage, and it's working for them. Those guys have a little more dynamism, but they've kind of figured it out with this version of the team. So I don't know. And, and we still have the Mountain West thing to factor in. Yes. What, real quick, you're talking about Quinterly. On underdog right now, you can go higher or lower on 13 points and higher or lower on three and a half assists in this game. Would you go higher or lower on those? I'm not sure about the points, but I would go over on assists. I, I think he's going to play a very good floor game in this one. That's kind of that's what we said last night, right? Higher on assists? Yeah, I would go higher on assists. I would go lower on points. Yeah. Where do you stand on, on the physicality part of this? Are you worried about that at all? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But, I, again, I think they got enough dudes and high-level athletes to me on that front line. You know, where's the answer for Clowney? Like, if Clowney shows up. Like, they just have so many guys that even if a couple guys have an off game, it doesn't matter. NATO can sit them down and play another dude. San Diego State has no – like, they don't have other answers. Right? I mean, they just got a few guys who can score. L- let me ask you this, Goodman. Coming into the tournament, you were worried about whether or not Alabama was going to be able to deal with the distraction of everything Brandon Miller. And it feels like that hasn't been as much of a story as I expected. It's, it's like underlying there. And they mentioned at the start of every show, maybe I'm just not paying attention to the press conferences or something. No, like I, I think they've, they've prepped them. They've prepped Brandon Miller on how to answer the questions and really not answer the questions, yes. right? So he's had time now. Where early on, it was what like, does he say? Respectfully, I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all you got to say over and over. Have the same answer, and then the distraction. Okay, like reporters know they're not going to get anything. Eventually, they give up. Now, again, when they go to the final four, it'll be a little bit different because I yep. think people will really go after them. Some of these guys that don't really cover the sport football guys that just kind of dive in at the end here. And when you have those little isolated one man like media availability is where it's like just Rylan Griffin or yeah. something. And like, he's going to be on his own right. trying to figure that out. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the other game in that region. Creighton against Princeton, a 15 seed gym for the third straight year. We have a 15 seed in the sweet 16 this year. It's Princeton. They got a guy, maybe the most talented player on the floor in Tosin. I don't know where you're seeing on that. They're getting 10 points tonight. I kind of like Princeton in this spot. Am I crazy? No. Am I out of my mind? No. I, I think they have figured out the underdog template of let's slow it down. And they have actually competed on the glass. Both games really they They've won. Yeah. You know what? They won both they, battles. They won as a 15th seed in the first round against Arizona. Who has two of the biggest. Four for big. 25 from three. Makes no sense. How? Yeah. Since How they, is that possible? They, they, they got two teams in the first two rounds that love to run. Arizona and Mizzou. Creighton likes to run, but I think they're a lot more comfortable in the half court, which maybe hurts Princeton's plan to slow it down. Let's let's make this an execution-based game. And it is difficult for a team to prepare for a, an Ivy offense in that amount of time. But Creighton does have the longer break. It's not the one like 48-hour turnaround, which does help. I think Princeton keeps it close, but I think Creighton is you know up seven most of the game and keeps them at a distance. We're not just going to gloss over the fact that Jim, in the middle of making a point, saw his drink get knocked over, picked it up, set it back down, and kept going. I didn't break stride. You know, you're a pro. I'm developing my talents out here. You're seeing it blossom in front of you. I'm a, I'm a field of 68 product. What can I say? Yeah. How do you see this matchup with Tosin and Ryan Calcrenner going? Because to me, that's going to be the key. What Princeton wants to do, what they did in the first round, what they did in the second round, was use Tosin as their point center. Pull a big guy away, make him uncomfortable. Do you think that, that Calcrenner can defend that? Are you worried about that? I mean, listen, Kalkbrenner's not, like, the most athletic dude in the, in the world, but I think he's smart enough to be able to handle it. Like, that's his biggest strength, right? 
He's super smart. He's always in the right position. Doesn't foul. Just solid all the way around. I, I don't see it being a factor. I, I think, honestly, I'm worried about Princeton in this one. I think it could get ugly. Ooh, I interesting. I, I, I like the Tosan at five response to Kalkbrenner because you need to pull him away. Yeah, That's like what Villanova did multiple times. Eric Dixon hit some threes, and it was like, all right, our defense is, come on. <laughs> all right, just they, hold the thing. Just hold. One, I just, one, just got to chug it and finish it at this stage. Uh, but no, they, when, when they have to have Kalkbrenner out on the perimeter, that opens up driving lanes, and we see Princeton take advantage of that against smaller Mizzou. Got a lot of stuff going towards the glass there. You, I think you can beat some of the Creighton guys off the bounce, right? Like, you're not going to beat Trey Alexander off the bounce. Right. But you can beat some of those other guys off the bounce. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend Baylor Shireman's the best on-ball defender in the world. Francisco Farabello's not, not a glove. Yes. Yeah. Like, you can you can get by them, and if you ha are forcing Kalkbrenner to come away from the basket, that's why Creighton's good defensively. It's because, yeah. one, they don't foul, and two, they know if they just let someone drive to the rim, you ain't finishing on Kalkbrenner. Yep. You're just not doing yep. it. They run you off the line. They yes. say, go ahead, go inside. Yes. Yep. So if you can pull him away, that to me, that's the key. How effective is Tosin at pulling him away? Yep. And well, if they could do that, they can win. But he can't shoot. He's more like going to be dribbling from the top of the key. Can Kalkbrenner slide with him, stay out of foul trouble in that scenario, which he's great at. He is fantastic at staying out of foul trouble. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit... We talked about it with Andre Jackson earlier. It's, you got to find a way to engage Kalkbrenner, right? To make him have to come out and play defense there. Whether it's using Tosin to dribble handoffs, whether it's using him as the screener, whatever it is, you've got to find a way to be able to engage him defensively. Talk to me a little about Princeton as a program, right? Like, are you surprised that they found a way to get to the Sweet 16? Kind of, but I think, again, like, the Ivy, we, Harvard was the kind of cornerstone program there for a while, and they've fallen off, and it's kind of enabled some of these other programs to get back, right? P Princeton, Penn, Yale. Cornell, Yale. Yale. Yale's, Yale's great over the last few years. Jones. So I think when is James Jones going to get a job? Is he? Kenny? I don't know. I mean, Would you hire James Jones or John Brennan? That's my question. Or who? Uh, John, John Becker. Becker, thank John you. Becker. I've called him Brennan like four times before. That's my bad. That's my bad. Uh, yeah, Becker can't get out of he can't get out of Vermont, and James Jones just can't he can't get anything. I mean, again, he just can't get anything right now, and it's hard once you're in an academic spot for so long, it becomes really difficult. I remember talking to James Jones's brother, Joe Jones, and and he was in the Ivy for a while at Columbia. Then he goes to Boston University, gets out, and then they go to the Patriot League. It's just hard to get jobs outside of those academic leagues. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think what Mitch has done is great. Obviously, it means so much to him as a player, former player, to take them back and take them further than they went when, when they had the upset against UCLA. Or was it 20, what did we say, 27, 23 years ago? 27 years ago. 27 years 1996. ago? 1996. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just think, and I've said this all year, Creighton, to me, is a top... 10 team and they went through a lull in the middle of the year and it was clear why right ryan kalkbrenner was as important to creighton as any player might have been to any team on both ends of the court right he's not like gonna blow you away offensively with with his numbers but what he can do defensively is is again he, he can alter shots he's always in the right position he just he's so smart on both ends of the court even on on the offensive end what he's able to do in terms of opening it up for some of those other players. So I, I again, I just don't think Princeton's got enough here. I don't. I want to ask you guys this. It's a little bit of a bigger picture topic, but in the last three years, we've seen three 15 seeds make it to the second weekend. In the last five years, we've seen two 16 seeds knock off a one. If you want to throw Florida Gulf Coast into the equation, in the last decade, We've seen more upsets than we ever saw in the previous 31 years of a 64-team NCAA tournament. My question to you, why? I think the talent level has distributed more evenly through the sport, especially transfers down are willing to go different places because they don't have to sit. Like, I think that really helps. I mean, maybe that doesn't go all the way back to Gulf Coast or whatnot, but I think the fact that you get guys coming down and they're like, all right, I'm content going here because I don't have to sit out. I can be a star right away. I'm not going to, my ego's not going to be damaged by take, stepping down a league. That's really helped even things out. That's that's my best explanation. I, I, I want to do something with, like, the shot clock shortening, but that should actually help favorites. So 
I'm not, I'm not really everything. sure. There's so many different factors to me that all hit at about the same time. I mean, you got overtime elite in the G League Ignite. That takes away, like, three three high-end, high-end dudes that Kentucky or Duke or one of those guys would get. You got the transfer portal, like you're saying, Jim. You got the extra COVID year. You got NIL. You got the Wilson basketball being um, overinflated in <laughs> Flakegate. I mean, there's a lot going on. No, no, seriously, there's a lot going on that's contributed to it. It's yeah. not one thing. So here's here's my biggest take, is that the continuity in roster of the teams that pull off these upsets, like these guys are around forever. Mike Bothwell and Jalen Slauson have been roommates for five years. Five years of firming. Even FAU, the and core of their team yeah. has been there. They've brought in a couple transfers, right? But Dimitri Roberts and Grant Singleton, were, they've been coming to, from Stack. Yeah. From Stack. They were together for five years. They've yeah. been roommates for five years. Yep. They're two different programs, but they know each other. They know Tobin, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's the continuity. Whereas in at the high major level, a lot of these teams are like you're putting together a roster every year. So, Less building a program, more like throwing a roster together. We, we've hit a point where continuity is like a market inefficiency. Like, yes. no one has it, so if you do, you have a leg up on the competition. Yes, especially when you can get guys as fifth years. 23 yeah. and 24-year-olds going up against 20-year-olds, that's big just difference. a yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a big difference. difference. All right, let's move to the other side of the bracket. I want to start with Houston-Miami, because I think that is the, of the games tonight, that's the one that I'm most excited to watch. So, Goodman, I'm going to go to you first on this one. You are... The biggest Houston stand on this show. You love the Cougars. You've been calling them the and best I have team all the, year. Yeah. yeah, all year you said they were the best team in the country, the favorite to win the national title. They are going up against a team right now in Miami. Vets yeah. knows how to win. They get it done in the tournament, and they got guards. That say whatever you want about them defensively, about them on the glass. They have guards that can go and get a bucket whenever you need a bucket, and they got four of them. Talk to me about the. the uh, the no, Cougars listen, against the Kings. Listen, I'm, I'm not, if I'm Kelvin Sampson, I'm scared of shit here because this Miami team's got confidence and swagger right now. They played so shitty in the first-round game and played so well in their last game against Indiana, right? Everything clicking. Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack give you a good veteran backcourt. Love Jordan Miller. Norchad's a beast down there down low. Like, he can match Houston's physicality and their toughness. So I think they're, like... Again, they're certainly capable. They're really good. And I think, like, you look at, they're playing loose. Then, you know, like, they just watch Larinaga. He's laughing in the timeouts. They're laughing with him. I, I went up to Larinaga after the game against Indiana. I was like, man, like, it's really impressive to watch your team because they look like they're having a ton of fun. Yes. And you look like you really connect. I said, you're in your 70s. And you're really connecting with these dudes. That's, that's not easy to do, but he's done it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, you, you mentioned Omir, and that's kind of what I want to zero in on, because he can match the physicality, the effort level. Look what he did against the Indiana front line, TJD, an All-American. But Houston comes at you in waves, man. They, they got four guys kind of to his one. I don't really know where the depth is for Miami. And I don't think the ankle's bothering him anymore, so I'm not even going to put that on, on the table. But Houston's got four guys, six, seven, six, eight, that are active constantly, and they're going to battle him. They're going to hit him like... Like a running back late in the game where the the, the D-line's kind of worn down. Like, as the game goes, I think that'll get to him a little bit. That's where I think Houston has the advantage. You mentioned the guards. That's kind of a stalemate to me. I think both teams have really good backcourts. 
But I'm going to give Houston the edge with their physicality. Are you guys trusting that Sasser and Shed are completely healthy? Are we calling them 100% at this point? You never know with Sasser just because of, again, like with a growing. The nature of the injury. Yeah, yeah. You, you just don't know. Yeah. I'm putting way too much stock in the fact that they got a Friday game instead of Thursday. Yeah, so helps. one extra day to, to rest is very important. Yeah, Because yeah. because they were Saturday last week, right? Yeah, so yeah, Saturday looked, to Friday. I mean, he played 31 minutes. And, again, the source that I talked to said he could have went back in in that first game. Like, okay. they just held him out. Yeah. He okay. was, he it, was, was it was a smart, like, you're, you're, they're going to beat Northern Kentucky no matter what. So it makes sense. The only thing that I'll say is this. You could sit here. And I, I totally understand the matchup in the front court, right? They're going to kick Miami's ass on the glass. Like, they are <laughs> going to kick their ass. But huh? to, the, the, What'd you say? Houston's going to kick Miami's ass on the glass. They might get 8 million offensive I mean, rebounds. they should. But the only, the only thing I'll say is this. When it comes down to it, I, I, just, I just have this idea in my head that Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, Olga Poplar and Jordan Miller, if you need a bucket, they can go get a bucket. And, and, and two of them go, were there last year. Yes. I mean, they went to And they've gone Houston, through this. But they've seen it. I just think seven and a half is a high number. That's why I, that I agree with. That's that why I'm, 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 I love Miami tonight. I don't love the money line, but they're. I kind of like the money line a little bit. A little bit. They. they I would rather have the seven and a half. Agreed. Because no I, I, to me, this game just screams like. What's the money line? I also love the over, for the record. I love the over here. I, okay. Points, yeah. points, points. Points, points. Because I think that I don't know how Miami stops Houston, right? Yeah. I don't know how Miami stops Houston. But plus two ninety is the money line, Jeff. I was checking the board up there for But I will. Yeah. I will. I will bet on the fact that Miami cannot stop Houston, but Houston is not going to slow down Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pat. Yeah. Those, those guys just. In the tournament, they show up. It's going to be hard. They just show up. Well, they're, they're tough shot makers. Yes. They don't need to be open, and Houston's yes. like the best thing they do is challenge every shot. But if you're tough shot makers, you're used to a hand in your face. Well, they're going to get – I mean, they got in foul trouble last game. Like, think of what it's going to be to guard these dudes. It's like, again, they've been playing in a mid-major league all year. Yeah. So it is different. No, they have. One other tournament team. I think, you know, I'd buy this a little say, bit. But like, Mid-major plus league. How's that? Okay. I just, I just love how you slander Memphis and the American as much as you can. It's just, it's so fun. Mid-major is a run, little harsh. So, it's not the they so, so riled up. I get so mad. Say the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. You want to argue with me on it? Either of you? No. <laughs> no comments. Right. No comments. Look at me. Look at me right here, Mike Oresco. I didn't say it. He Mike, said it right here. Mike, it was it him. Was it was this guy right here. Um, all right, so. How do, you, how do you match up? If you are Houston, how are you matching up? Who are you putting on you? Who? Where do you see? Like, who, who do you, what do you, what do you do to stop Isaiah Wong? The nice part is they have really good defenders in the backcourt. Like, Sasser and Shed are bulldogs. Uh, when I talked to Sampson in the, in the preseason for the Almanac, how about that for a plug? Uh, he was like, we can build our defense around two harassing guards. And he had done that before with Rob Gray and I, I forget the other one, uh, Corey Davis. He's like, we've had a defense built around two awesome guards. And between Sasser and Shed, they've got that. I think you can throw them on Wong, on Pack. If you want to size up, Traymond Marks there with a little more length. They're going to bother Miami. These guards aren't going to, like, waltz into shots constantly. Uh, but I would probably go Shed on Pack, unless you think he's going to gamble too much, which I'm a little worried about. You can't leave him. I'm just I'm, – I'm worried about putting Sasser on – like, that, that – to me, all it takes is one little tweak when you have, a, when you have like, a soft tissue injury yep. and you're done. Right, and then it's just like it, it shoots down. It's painful. So you put him on Poplar. I think so. I think who's also banged up, which helps. Yeah, I, I think that's what I would do, and then just risk it the other way. Like if Isaiah Wong's going to beat you, and Jamal Shed's going to just be there harassing him, climbing up underneath him. I think that's what I do. But again, at the end of the day, I don't think that it matters. Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, and Wuka Poplar are tough shot makers. Yep. And if they're if they're to me, you, you tell me if it's crazy. I always been on good offense beating good defense. I think if you are a great offensive player, the defense doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? The great offense beats great defense. Like, if you yeah. make a contested shot, the defense did yes. everything they could. Yes. Yeah. So, like, there's – you make it tough, but the good guys are going to be able to make those shots. And I'm just buying the idea that Miami's guys are going to make those shots. All right. Let's head to the other side of that ga- – or the other game in that bracket. Xavier, Texas. Uh, this is probably going to be the most entertaining game because I think both teams will get up and down. Neither teams are great defensively. Oh, yeah, four really damn good guards. Sule Boom! And he might not even be the best guard in his own team. Nope. Kobe Jones might be better. And Marcus Carr has been really good this year. 
I mean, it's just a lot of dudes on this team. I wonder if it comes down, and I know it's a guards game, but I wonder if it comes down to the bigs and Nunji against Dassou. Like, Dassou's been awesome. But, again, Nunji's so big, and he's such a tough matchup because of his ability to step out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know where this 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 is one game that legitimately I'm like, I would just take the four points. Kind of coin flippy? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, to me, four is a big number for what's a coin flip type of game. Yeah. Let's, I've been beating the drum for how good Disu's been. Last five games, he's averaging 18 and 9 in 26 minutes a game. He's given them a ton. But he was against the Penn State front line, right. Colgate front line. Yes. And I love Kansas' defense, but they're not big. So that he, he's got a couple games that are favorable matchups. Nunji is a totally different animal to go against. A true seven-footer who can defend, who can shoot, he can move him around. I don't know if we get the same quality Disu game today because of how good Nunji is. It's just the size, right? Like, Disu hasn't been someone that's stepping out and making threes. He's more like a, he's like a two-point bucket. Big-time finisher, yeah. He, he's like LaMarcus Aldridge. And now, has he gone up against somebody this size in the tournament yet? No. No. I, I mean, like, records for Colgate, but that's not the same thing. No. That's, yeah. No. So yeah. that's my biggest concern right there, is that if Disu has just like a a 10.6 rebound game, can, does Texas have enough offensively? I think yes, because I don't think Xavier's perimeter defense is stopping anybody. Look, Kennesaw was driving by them, driving by them for 30 minutes. True. They buckled down a little bit, and the only Texas thing, the has only, so many guards. The only thing I'll say to this is that I don't think Texas really has guys that put it on the floor and get to the rim. Like, they have guys. Javari Rice wants to, wants to shoot. Marcus Carr wants to shoot. Yeah. They're not rim finishers. Tyrese yeah. Hunter's not getting it up on the glass, yeah, oversized. Like I yeah, buy that not, a little not, bit. That's, that's my only thing. But I kind of... I lean Texas here because at the end of the day, like, t- Texas to win. I don't uh, the, the plus four is too high for me. Yeah, I think Texas is going to win and going to advance because I think their de- their defense is just good enough, and the guard play is not that big of a mismatch to me. Right? No, no, it's not. Definitely not. Yeah. I don't think they're overmatched there. Let me pitch you on this. This is a, I, I know we're not all gambling, but Texas Alabama money line parlay. It's like even. You like that? Just both have yes. to win. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. There we I go. Do. Now we're on board. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Is it? It's even Texas, Alabama? Yeah, just to win. Moneyline parlay. I just don't. Texas is such a coin flip. Okay, you don't trust them. I buy that. I don't know. Yeah, and the problem is you don't, like, you're not getting a great number. Like, you're not getting great odds. No. Because they shouldn't be favored by four, I don't think. No. What do you make of, so the coaching matchup here? I think we've, we've all advocated for Rodney Terry to have the job. Yeah. Right? He deserves the job. Doesn't mean that he is going to be favored in this coaching matchup with Sean no, Miller. No, obviously, it's not favored. I mean, like, this is a, uh, yeah, this is a, it swings heavily in the favor of Sean Miller against a guy that's been at Fresno and UTEP. He's coached for a while, been a head coach for 10 years. That helps him here. And he's got a good staff. I mean, he's 37 and 48 at UTEP. Just want to throw that in right. conference play. Just now, again, yeah. listen, those aren't great jobs. Fresno, not a good job. But ultimately, again, a guy that hasn't had a ton of success against a guy that has. You know, in the tournament, it's funny because everybody killed Sean for not going to a Final Four at Arizona. But he made a lot of runs. I mean, he made a lot of deep runs between Xavier and Arizona. Yeah, he just so ran into I, Wisconsin every time. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the issue. Very true. Right, you go up against those You dudes. would love to run into Wisconsin right now, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you're in the NIT. Hey, they're the last Big Ten team playing, <laughs> baby. Come on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so where do you... Where do, you, where do you stand on, on the backcourt battle here? We kind of teased it a little bit, but we got Sule Boom and Kobe Jones. It has Serge Javari Rice and Marcus Carr. I would make the and, argument. And Tyrese Hunter. And Ty, I would make the argument right now that Xavier has the best backcourt combined left in the tournament. Is that I crazy? I said they might in the country. And people are like, ah, Marquette, Marquette, Marquette. And I'm like, yeah, I just. Well, the, the big one is Marquise Noel and whoever the hell else you want to throw in that conversation. Yeah. Right? Player well, that X. Be you. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> right. That's who. That's that's who be you right now, as long as you can make a Yeah, we could give Marquise Noel, Dagan Hughes, our producer, right. and that might be the best be backcourt in the country, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, All no, Dagan I, has to do is stand in the corner and make shots. I, I don't know if he can do it. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I, I, what do you say? I can't hear you. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. <laughs> no, no, no one can hear what you're saying, Dagan. I was I can't hear you either. Yeah, don't worry about it. Who's the best backcourt in America? Like, here's the thing. To me, I still go back to, like, that Tyrese Hunter game against Gonzaga when he made every shot. And I'm like, 
Can he just make a few? Can he make <laughs> like two? That was like that was all the shots he made this Remember? season. Yeah, we were like, like, we were like, oh my oh, god, right, Larry yeah. Sutter is gonna be an All-American. Yeah. Like the Shannon game. Shannon made eight threes. Yeah. No, I was there for all of these. All of these. Oh, okay, sure you were. No, wait, wait, wait. So you're there for the outlier performances. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, this is not good for UConn. Play well gonna, for Jeff Goodman. He's going to be there do. tomorrow. They this show is not good. This is not good. Nolan Hickman going for 30 tomorrow. Get it on Underdog Fantasy. Take take the higher, Nolan Hickman. Let's go. Um, all right, listen. We're going we're gonna to make some official predictions. We're going to talk a little bit about coaching care. By the way, stuff. big, big coaching hire just now. Yeah, you're Who? making news on, on air right now. Mexico State just hired Jason Hooten, Sam Houston. Wasn't that already out there? No. He was, just, he's been mulling it for 72 hours. All right. So, and well, then the other one is Grant McCaslin. Little waffling going well, on. Hey, listen, we're going to talk about that right. when we come back on the other side of this break. Hey, Jim, I have a question for you. Ask Do away. you ever get tired of trying to prove to the other three man weave slap dicks that you're right? Yeah, they when never you, listen to me. They never you, listen to me. When you have a take and you know that you won your argument and you try to go back and prove that you're right. Do you ever get tired of them being like, no, no, no you're wrong. Yeah, wrong. and you I don't want to scroll up to find something I said. So I have an answer to all your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends like the three-man weave idiots. Keep track of the results and prove that Jim is, in fact, the smartest man in the three-man weave. Sure. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months on uh, the NBA playoffs. So download the app. It's in the link in the description. Sign up for your three-month trial and store your takes now and forever. All right. Goodman teased us a little bit. Graham McCaslin, Texas Tech. Is, uh, tell a little me, waffling going on here. So what I was told is that, you know what, I'm not going to say it. Talked about Graham McCaslin and, and yeah, this Yeah, I mean, this like, Texas Tech thought it was done. You know, they, they, they felt pretty good about this thing and, North Texas playing in the NIT. It fits Grant, obviously, from a standpoint. He's got family in the area. He turned down SMU last year, and now he's trying to figure out. And really, he doesn't want to talk right now. He wants this thing to play out. But, you know, I said this kind of at the beginning, like when this thing started. I'm not sure Grant fits at Texas Tech. That was my concern, and I wonder if he's starting to feel that way right now. And that, that's exactly what I was going to ask, is that – he makes significantly more sense to me at something like a TCU. Like, let's say that Jamie Dixon sure. decides, I want to go find a job back on the West Coast. He's a California guy. I want to go back. I want to go back and find something in the Pac-12. I want to find something on the West Coast. Another one is Oklahoma for, for McCaslin. Oklahoma. Because Porter, Porter might not be there long. Who knows? They're pulling the ripcord already on Porter no, Mosley? I mean, already. Yeah, he wants the Midwest, right? He yeah. wants to get back. I I hung out with Porter at a bar in Chicago, and hey, he I, the man Chicago. loves the city. He yeah, loves he the does. city. Yeah, but what I will say about Grant McCaslin is that, and the Texas job in general, is what people have told me is that when you're there, you have to deal with a lot of booster involvement, right? Yeah, a lot of booster involvement, which is not the same as when you go to something like a TCU, where you just kind of show up, you do the job, and you're good. And my understanding is that that's something that Grant is like, I don't know if I want that necessarily. He does, that doesn't really fit him. That yeah. doesn't fit who he is, his personality. He wants to coach ball. That's why I said Paul Mills I thought would be the better hire no. anyway. You know who they need to go get? I, I do not understand for the life of me why they won't do this. Go get Andy Kennedy. Why, why not? Because he hasn't like, done enough. But here's, here's the thing. He hasn't done enough, but he was at Ole Miss. He was the best coach Ole Miss has had in like, Three decades in my lifetime at Ole Miss. I actually wonder, could they? I don't think they could, but if they made a crazy offer, could they get Steve Forbes out of Wake Forest? It would have to be nuts. Well, the problem was Steve, he just signed the extension, right? Like, what is that buyout? I mean, like, Texas Tech's got money. If they want to, if they want to buy him out, they'll buy him out. Yeah, but like that's just fair enough. Um, but why not Andy Kennedy? Like, is it? Are they just looking for a big name? I just feel like Andy Kennedy. Am, am, I, am, I, am I wrong in saying that Andy Kennedy would fucking crush it at he Texas Tech? He might be the guy by default now because Mills is at That would be a good thing. And, that would be a good thing for him to get there. Yeah, like, I mean, like, AK talking would to, Good, I mean, talking to them. I'm trying to show you to talk to the mic. He'd fit in, in Lubbock. He would. He would. I'm not saying coach. he wouldn't. What do you I'm mean, not saying Andy Kennedy? I think he's a very good coach. Like you said, 
Ole Miss has not been that level. I know it was like they weren't making tournament after tournament after tournament. He, he also wait, 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 wait. He also let Marshall Henderson be Marshall Henderson. Now I guess you could do that in Lubbock too. But like, who else lets Marshall just roll? But just that's kind of what Kennedy, let him rock. Kennedy always has the, the scoring guard, the Jelly Walker, the Stephon Moody. Like he's had a guy over and over. It's it's kind of the way he plays. He gives that freedom, the confidence yeah. to the guards. True. All right, so we have more than 300 people watching live right now. If we get to 200 likes on this stream, I am going to throw Goodman in the pool right now. If we get yeah, to 200 let's see likes, if that happens. Let's if we see get if Fat likes, can throw me in the I'm pool. I'm going to throw Goodman I mean, in the pool. He needed he needed a triple XL yeah. shirt for him. <laughs> we'll see, Goodman. He's got a lot, um, lot of gullet weight there. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want you to. I am scared. I might, I might throw it my back if I do it, but it'll happen. <laughs> I might go in the pool with you, but it'll happen. It's worth um, it. I want to I ask you guys about just Conference USA in general. Because of FA, FAU's run, FAU's in the Elite Eight. We have North Texas and UAB in the semifinals. They're heading to the Garden. They're going to be playing there. No, it's no, Vegas. Yeah. It's oh, it's Vegas, Vegas now. Vegas now. No, and I when do they play it? Should we stay? Not sure. Can yeah, I go? I can't leave Vegas. Is it like I gotta, Sunday? I gotta, where's Derek? I don't know. Get Derek, the CEO of Circa. Get him over here. We might have to stay for three more days. Extended, by the way, by the way, leaving. quickly, for anybody who's never been here, Circa Stadium Swim, ridiculous. Absolutely Look behind ridiculous. us. I know, I, know the, I know the chat has it's been. Downtown, yes. it's great. Rob Doster making his first ever appearance in Las Vegas. How about that? Wow. I didn't Isn't know that. Amazing. That. That's wild. I know, you wild. Know what, you know what's amazing? It's like, I didn't want to go. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want to go. Not it's a big I, boy city, Rob. Welcome. That's, that's Welcome. not what I Good said. Good to have you. That's not what I said. <laughs> but uh, can we tell Can we tell the Fanta story from last night? Can we tell the, the Fanta story? Well, I don't know the Fanta story. So we, we, spent, we spent about three hours at a blackjack table, all that's of us. that long. It was me, Goodman, T.O., and Fanta grinding away, Jim, grinding away. And all of us were, ended up being up like, 300 400 I think you made like 500 yeah, Fanta was up but, a couple hundred bucks. I was in the hole plenty. T.O. won like 400 bucks. I was up like 300 We walk away. We're, we're done. In. Yeah, we're I done. Like, in. We go, we cash all of our stuff in. We come back, and Fanta is standing behind a roulette table. He is chanting, Stubble Field, Stubble <laughs> Field. He starts a U, he goes, U, C. He does a Yukon chant. He starts screaming about the Johnnies. He starts screaming about the Red Storm is back. Patino is back. You know what? He kept going. That's why. He goes. You know what? Patino is back. I need to put it all on red. <laughs> Puts like four hundred dollars on red. We had had a couple beverages, and I was sure. like, "Fana, you're right. Patino is back. I'm putting all my winnings on red too. Put it all right there." Good me goes. I mean, if we're all gonna do it, I guess we're <laughs> gonna. I yeah. gotta join the party. So, the so, whole, so the Goodman whole puts 300 team. down. Then everybody else around the table is like, wait, we're all on red? And they're like, yeah, us too. We ended up having like no, no, $4,000 on the red. The best part was when the two web women came over. Well, hold on, we'll, we'll get there. So we all put it all put it all on red, and we lose. It shows up black. So we're like, we gotta run it back. So we go and we do it again. And this time it, it wins and it hits. And Fana starts going, Patino! Patino! Chanting Patino. And these three women come over and goes, why are you chanting for Latinas? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they stuck around. And they stuck around. Gonna, that, can that reputation stick with Fanta? That he <laughs> just chants Latina? <laughs> just, oh, man, it was so funny. It was a great night. It was a great night in Vegas. Uh, we've had a great day here at the Stadium Swim. Before we sign off, I want to get you guys' opinion on this. R.J. Davis coming back for... He'll be a senior, right? Yep. Armando Baycott coming back, fifth-year senior. You know who's probably not coming back? You know who's probably not coming back for Carolina? Please tell me Caleb Love. Yeah. 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 I, I can't imagine he comes back. I think it's a mutual decision. You know what I would say? <laughs> if he was coming back, yeah. I don't know if R.J. Davis would be coming back. Because if you're, let's just say, theoretically, you are a team that needs a point guard. You want him. You have NIL money to spend. R.J. Davis goes in the portal. How much are you going to throw at R.J. Davis oh, in the you portal? you break the bank for him. Yes. I think he's fantastic. No, no, no. The better question isn't that. The better question is Caleb Love goes in the portal. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Mizzou grad, and there's already rumors about that, and I'm yeah. saying. What do you want? 
No, you don't, right? No thanks. I know. I, I listen. Didn't you already have that experience with Isaiah Mosley? No, I wanted Mosley. I was excited about him, but it has been up and down. <laughs> I also was, up and down. Yeah. It, like his, it's been he's playing or he's not. Like yeah. so he's either drop is when he plays. He's, he's either <laughs> dropping twenty or like. Uh, yeah, that sounds like up and down to me. Where, where, where's Isaiah Mosley right now? Listen, um, I, I do what. Just give me your overall take on North Carolina now. Like, where do you? How can you? You only have two players, really. I mean, I guess. Wait, did you see Baycott's tweet? What? Baycott tweeted, "Who wants to play with me?" DM me. Awesome. Like he's actively recruiting, Good. which is awesome. Do you, want me to, do you want me to tell you the story of, of how I broke the news? What? With Baycott? Yeah, absolutely. Did I, tell you this? I, I love Armando. Told you this? I love Armando. So he texts me. I'm on the flight over here. And he texts me, he goes, new number, my new number, Armando. I said, hey, man, what's up? He said, I got some news for you. I'm coming back. So I'm, I'm on a flight, and I've been, I've been kind of going at it with another, um, with somebody else from another big company over the last few, few days. So I'm wondering, is it really Baycott, or is it somebody effing with me, right? A kid, whatever. So I said, I'm like, hey, I'm on a flight, I can't call you. Prove to me it's you. So he sends me a picture. I said, no, no, that ain't good enough. I said, tell me the last thing we tweeted about, we texted about from, from your old number. So he, he responded with the exact last text. I said, all right, I'm good to go. But I was scared shitless. Did you explain it to him then? Like, no, I didn't tell him that. But I just said, like, I can't call you right now. And like, you just never know, right? Like, you never know. I believe the kids would say that that means the other guy's living rent-free in your head. He's, I know. No, yeah. It wasn't yeah. that. It was more just like any. At any point, I would have been worried, but at that point, I was on high alert. That, that's yeah. actually the, my favorite part about that is that Armando was like, "Yeah, here, let me go jump through all of these hoops to make sure Goody has but, some but really, The best part is Armando was just like, "I don't want to make a big deal about this. I just want you to tweet it out and me be done with this." I love Armando too, and I actually think Armando in a role where he doesn't have to be a de facto, like, key leader. He doesn't have to be the guy. He's almost, like, too nice a kid. He's not going to... Like, Timmy's got some of that, too. I've talked to Timmy about this for a while in in Portland and Vegas and here about how he's kind of come both, like, trying to be a good leader. But he said, he's like, I'm not really about jumping dudes. With Timmy, it's been more about being serious. If you watched him last night, wasn't joking around nearly as much. He said, even in practice, he's more serious than he ever was in the past. I think with Mondo, it's more of like he needs somebody else to play that role. That's he can it's be a secondary leader. Built, and there's right. nothing wrong with that. No, right? Right. there's nothing wrong with not being no. that guy. But he's no. not that guy. That's why. We t- I, I mean, we could just go through this conversation. And Hubert again. is Mr. Happy, yes. Mr. Optimism. When Brady Manick was there, all last year at the Final Four, all we heard about was the team flipped when Brady Manick took the ownership of North Carolina. They, ne- they didn't have that guy this year. Like, as weird as it sounds, and this sounds fucking crazy when I say it, North Carolina went from being, like, a shitty NIT team to being a national title contender because of Brady Manick. It's crazy when you think was, about it, but that presence in the locker room yeah. mattered for them. And on the court and off, he was fantastic down the stretch. The thing about this, too, is the guy doesn't have to be a better basketball player than Baycott. He just has to kind of own the locker room, yes. and Baycott will let him do that. And on the court, Baycott will be the star. He just just needs that guy to give that kind of juice yeah. in the locker room. Absolutely. Uh, listen, we're at the stadium swim. You can see it behind us. There is a 143 by 40 foot, 14 million megapixel LED screen. You guys can't hear the music, but the DJ, he's killing it right now. They've, there's no glare on the screen. They've figured out how to avoid yes. that. It's incredible. I've yes. been here too many times. There's Jim, no glare on the screen. Jim, no Jim you are a single man. Sure. What do you think of the scenery here? It's worth seeing. Yeah, there you it's go. Worth seeing. So make sure you come by, hang out. It We're going to be here spot. all day watching the games. Uh, we, me and Jeff have to run. We're going to jump on a Sirius XM VSIN show with Tim Murray and Stanford Steve. What? We're calling Stanford it. Stanford Steve's here? I'll tell you later. Wow, Stanford yeah. Steve's here. So this Field of 68, I can, can come, I get back, come back. We are going to be live here. We're going to be streaming at the final buzzer of tonight. What's the last game? Xavier, Texas? Yeah. As soon as that final buzzer sounds, Field of 68 After Dark is going live. Me, Goodman, Fanta, T.O., 
Send him a couple of Hail we'll Marys. Get him a bucket. And if not, then we're going to try to get Jim Root sober enough to be able to show up. So we'll see you guys tonight. Shout out producer Dagan Hughes. Do we get the 200 likes? No. No. Hit the Too like bad. button. Come on. Too I want to see him. Hey, listen. Line. People watching this after the fact, you have one hour. We get the 200 likes in the next hour. Go ahead minutes going in the I'll pool. I'll throw a in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.